Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody, and happy Brewers Outlet Friday to you here on the Steve Jones Show, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors Studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. And it's all available at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Or at sunburymotors.com. And Friday, it's Brewers Outlet Day. Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Water, soda, snacks, hot sauces, all that good stuff. Six great flavors of slushies, all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Stock up for another big sports weekend. Sweet 16 and Elite 8 coming up this weekend. And NBA starting to heat up. NHL have been heating up, of course. So we are ready. Bucknell football opens up the season tomorrow. Probably not tailgating loud, I'm sure, at Bucknell. But you can celebrate at home while you're listening to the game on the Valley this weekend. There you go. Lots to celebrate and get some cold ones going this weekend. So visit our friends at... Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And it's been a busy sports day today. But first, let's start on the local front with Penn State. Big news as Isaiah Brockington tweeted earlier today. He is returning. That is such great news, such relieving news for this program. We all know what he means to this team. We all know who's been on the portal. And now, of course, Isaiah Brockington is off. Micah Shrewsbury, we'll have a clip from his interview with Steve Last night, a little bit later on from the coaches' show last night, on um, what he's been doing to try and re-recruit some of those current players that are in the portal. And so far, he's one for one, and a big one for one. And this is the first real big victory for Micah Shrewsbury in his tenure, is to obtain some of these players from last year, some of these top scorers from last year. And he's done that with Isaiah Brockington. And Brockington basically saying on Twitter he believes in the culture and believes in the direction that the team's going in under Micah Shrewsbury. And really, I think this is an appealing case here for most of these Penn State players. At least I think, unless there's something that I'm just missing. I wouldn't see why they wouldn't come back and give it a try. I mean, I guess if you get a better offer from somewhere else, I guess you got to take it. But if I'm some of these Penn State players, I don't know if I'm so quick to leave, but that's just me. Because I I think this was 
And, of course, Steve has said this, too. I think this was a, a great hire. And I think this program needed names to get to kind of grease the wheels a little bit on recruiting to get some better players in here to up this program. And Shrewsbury has the contacts, of course. Brad Stevens, he worked with him at Butler, who had great success under that coaching staff. Of course, he was on Stevens' staff with the Celtics, so he's bringing NBA concepts. And that's huge to bring in guys that want to make it into the NBA. Normally, you don't think of Penn State as maybe a, a place that can bring you there, at least right at the top of your head. But look at it. Lamar Stevens doing pretty good with the Cavs right now. He just got drafted last year, or he got he got a a contract, undrafted rookie contract, and he's doing pretty well now. Now you bring in a guy like Micah Shrewsbury, who's got some NBA ties and is going to bring some of those concepts in. That's attractive to me as as a as a prospect, as a player trying to come in as a recruit. And based off everything that happened before with Coach Chambers, you've now got a minority candidate in here too and I thought that was very smart of Penn State to make that kind of hire as well so I, I don't know if you're the current transfer players I know you that you've been a lot be, you've been through a lot because you've been through three head coaches in a short amount of time but I think the program is in real good shape now I do but we'll see how this goes but that was a big first step for Micah Shrewsbury to at least get Isaiah Brockington back, and we'll see how the rest of this goes. We'll get Steve's take on that in a little bit. And in the NFL, two big blockbuster deals. One of them involves the Eagles. We'll get to that in a second. This is all from the draft. Adam Schefter reporting earlier today, the Dolphins started the day by trading the number three overall pick to the Niners for the number 12 pick, a 2021 third-round pick, which was San Francisco's compensation pick for the Robert Saleh hiring, and first-round picks in 2022 you're just, you're and 2023. Stewing. You're stewing, I can tell. <laughs> no, and then the second trade, which involves the Eagles, I actually am okay with. Eagles you trading their sixth-round pick to the Dolphins for number 12. Believe deep down they will botch this. Well, I mean, they still got to pick the right players, but they're setting themselves up nicely. You deep down. <laughs> well, it matter? Feel. We'll see. They will botch this. But you get number 12, and you've only moved down a couple of spots. And based on how the draft looks now, quarterbacks are going to go 1, 2, 3. So all the all the other big names are going to move down. So if you're the Eagles, you're still in a good spot from 6 to 12. You pick up yeah, yeah. maybe three first-round yeah. picks next year. So yeah. uh, you know what? This is a good move by Howie Roseman. But can they pick the right players is the question. Oh. So consumed with hate, even in good times. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, we, we've seen teams garner all these draft picks before, a.k.a. the Jaguars, and they haven't gone anywhere. So you still got to be able to pick the right players, but this is a, the Eagles were in a good spot, and I thought that even from the get-go as the, the quarterbacks have kind of warmed up a little bit here. Everything's heating up around the quarterbacks in this draft. The Eagles are in a much better spot now, even more so. So, yeah, it was a good day for the Eagles. I'm okay with it. It's a good day all around. Good day for Penn State, Steve, and a good day for the Eagles. Yeah. Um, last night, of course, I had a chance to talk with Micah Shrewsbury. And one of the questions I asked him about is, 
is a question that every uh, coach in the country faces, not just Penn State, but you have to re-recruit your uh, roster all the time. Now we know what happened with Penn State. And you could tell that he was passionately working on it. Well, Isaiah Brockington today said that, no, I'm going to come back. Now that's a good start. Uh, and you go with that. I mean, that was a, that was a good start. This is why. Okay, there's a big pic- picture reason why getting as many of these guys back as possible. Uh, you know, you have the cynics out there. Oh, they only went this record. Blah blah. What do you want these guys back for? And of course, that is usually the group that just flat out doesn't get it. <laughs> so okay, since and you have to sit there and go, now I got to waste my time and explain why. Um, but I'll explain it. Uh, by the way, Jim Nance uh, is going to resign with CBS. Um, the uh, here's the reason why. I'm looking big picture here. The more of the current team you can have back means that there are fewer avenues to then explore, and you can target transfers because there are fewer spots to fill. The late signing period normally, not always, but normally is not that fruitful because the vast majority of prospects that are highly sought after signed in November. By getting the vast majority of the roster back, if he can do it, he can then target certain transfers to keep the roster older and also competitive and can really then work on the early signing period in November and then lay the foundation for the early signing period in 2022 as well, in November 2022. That's why you want as many of these guys back as possible. They're good enough to keep you competitive. They've shown that. They played the number one schedule in the country last year, and they played 11 games that were decided by five points or less. That's 44% of your schedule. They went five and six of those games, but that's why it's that's the big picture reason why you want to keep as many of these guys as possible. You're trying to keep the number of holes to be filled to an absolute minimum. You can then target positionally what you need in the transfer portal. It takes a lot of pressure off just grabbing a guy or two in the late signing period, unless it's somebody you really want. And it could be somebody that's decommitted somewhere, for example, and that's fine in the late signing period. You, you want that because that actually, somebody you decommitted actually was, was committing before someplace. But then you can start locking in on your 2021. November 2021 recruiting class and your November 22 recruiting class. That's what you're trying to, you know, that's the long-term implications with it. Those are the long-term implications. That's why re-recruiting as many on this roster does become important. It's uh, 
always interesting. Yeah. They said, well, they only won X amount of games. Why do you want to keep these guys? Oh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the common sense wing of the fan base. Uh, <laughs> it's almost stunning sometimes. He was great on the show last night. He was. It really, it really did confirm to me now because I also had a chance to talk to him off the air for a while, but it really did confirm to me um, that theory I talked about earlier that hey, look, everything I hear, he's a great guy. I can tell you, I have to talk to him. He's a great guy, and I already know that the guys on this that were on this team this past season, they're great guys. And to me, if you can get all you know, great guys in the same room together. Uh, I think good things can happen. And to see uh, Isaiah Brockett and say, yeah, I think I'll do that. I think Brockett had said he wanted, to, he wanted to get his game evaluated by the NBA. That's great. I encourage everybody to do that. Get another set of eyes to tell you what you need to work on, what you need to improve at. It's a smart way to go about business. Another smart way to go about business is when you're with Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Matt is happy with the Eagles trade, even though there was no player involved. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's refreshing. There's, there's no player involved. It's okay. Now they have to actually pick the right guy. Right, or else this is all for nothing. But, hey, let's just take it one step at a time. Let's just enjoy this. <laughs> uh, at least you'll be able to go home tonight, and it'll be better for you. We talked about today's lineup, by the way. Uh, there was oh, yeah. a huge complaint. Oh, really? Why no suit? <laughs> You'll hear him tomorrow on the Valley. Oh, actually, no, you won't. I'm sorry. You'll hear Joe Facile on the Valley tomorrow. You'll see him on ESPN Plus tomorrow. Oh, boy. I hope Doug is able to... Hey, remember, Doug... Seize control early. Let him know who's boss. <laughs> no good! No good! No good! It's amazing how things can be summed up so simply. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. We've had a chance to have face-to-face meetings. We've had a lot of phone calls. We've had a lot of FaceTime, and we're building that relationship. And, you know, I'm hopeful the guys feel the same way about me that I feel about them. And and I told them all, I, I want them all back because I know how talented they were. And I know how close-knit of a bond that they had. You know, I saw up close and personal how hard they played and there's something special and you can't always find that same bond in a different locker room. 
It's Micah Shrewsbury last night on the Penn State Coaches Show presented by Pepsi. And uh, talking about the ability to re-recruit the current team. Look, this is going to be the case everywhere. I mean, we have no idea who's taking the Indiana job. I mean, nobody knows. I mean, that's I I heard Mike Woodson's name now mentioned. Okay. Uh, But Race Thompson, Al Durham, and Armand Franklin are all in the transfer portal. And and nobody knows what Trace Jackson Davis is going to do. But that is the way it is. Ben Johnson took over the Minnesota job. Well, he's got to talk to Marcus Carr. I want you to stay. Everybody has to re-recruit their rosters. I mean, look at look at Purdue a year ago. Let's just talk about Purdue. Purdue, as stable a program as there is in college basketball. Matt Painter, bastion of stability. Yet Matt Harms and Nogel Eastern both transferred out, which really took them by took them aback last year. Arms ended up going to BYU. Eastern went to Michigan, then didn't work out of Michigan. He ended up, I think, at Howard. Texas, interesting now, too. Well, Texas, because Shaka Smart's going to take the Marquette job. I mean, Shaka Smart's going to take the Marquette job. I don't think a lot of people realize Shaka is from Wisconsin. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Brad Nessler, next half hour, Jim Jones, NFL Network 406. The King rounds out the Blockbuster show today on the after show. The suit explains what it's like not being able to talk so much on Bucknell football. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports domestic microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day, and the pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. Very pleased to be joined by one of the best in the business, without question, no matter what he's doing, and that's Brad Nessler. Ness, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hey, Steve, you got me fired up for happy hour when you're talking about the peanuts, the pickles, the wine, the beer. I'm ready. I'm ready, man. It's almost uh, 5 o'clock. I had to. I say, I say we start hoisting now. I think that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I got home on Tuesday from Indy, so I'm done for the tournament. Um, so I don't even know why you want to talk to me other than we're buddies. But um, anyway, <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm done for a while. So I've been doing honeydew stuff, you know, the last couple of days, and uh it's been fun. So happy hour is literally an hour and 25 minutes away. You got that right. <laughs> in fact, if not sooner. Uh, I do yeah. want to ask you about a, uh, I want to ask you about a couple teams in there. You got a chance, obviously I had a chance to watch a lot of Luca Garza. You had a chance to see him as well. So what did you think when once you finally got a chance to see him in person? I think it was one of the highlights actually. Um, you know, he had a really good game in the game we did and then uh, he had an even better one the game before that, but um 
for one thing, the, the, the last time I saw him play before the tournament, they played Illinois. And that big dude from Illinois is so massive that it made Luca look like he was kind of a you know small forward or something. And so when he got out on the court, I looked at Lavin and I go, God dang it, he's as big as I thought he was. And he goes, Yeah, why why didn't you? And I said, Well, because the last time I watched him play, he looked like he was a small guy on the court. But uh, he was great, and I got a chance. You know, we don't get a chance to talk to the guys in person this year and all that. Uh, but he walked out on the court, and we had a kind of an elevated spot where our booth was. And we had plexiglass all around it, and they were just coming out for warm-up. And he looked up, and I waved at him, and I saluted, and he saluted back. And I thought, I mean, that's the way the kid was, you know, for the whole time that he was there, and that's the way he played. You know, when they lost, uh, you know, just the emotions of all of that just opened up on him. And I think when he got to the locker room, he said, it didn't hit me until I got in the locker room. Well, it hit him before he even walked off the court and hugged the coach. But, uh, boy, great player, and, and just you know that's what it's supposed to be all about is, is kids like him so happy that he had a great career happy that he's going to get his jersey retired and you know uh there's only going to be one champ when it's all over in a couple of weeks yeah exactly um kofi coburn by the way does have a tendency to make people look smaller when, he, when he's out he, there he's just so massive i mean i saw a bunch of seven footers but for some reason he just looks longer to me i guess i don't know well, and the, the mass too. As I said to Dick Girardi, that when we do the games, I said, he's the biggest anything I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. good. you can't move him. <laughs> uh, can't move him. Uh, no, you can't. Even even when he was banging with Luca, he, he would like back in, and, and there would be no movement at all. It's like, okay, <laughs> I guess I'm not moving it. An interesting team that you saw firsthand as well as Florida State. When you looked at Florida State. Obviously, they had a terrific year in the ACC. Pro and con, what did you see with them? Well, you know, to be honest with you, I don't. they didn't play that well in the game I had. I know they're right. capable of playing really well. Um, they kind of had too many breakups on the season. You know, they went a stretch where they were off 10 days. They came back and won four in a row. They were off 10 days. They came back, won five in a row. So they're really streaky. And then... I couldn't tell because they played Colorado. And I'm going to be honest with you. You know, we found out 40 minutes before the tip yeah. about the sh- about the shooting in Boulder, and you, you can't tell me that the kids in the locker room uh, from Colorado didn't know that. And you know that that grocery store is literally about a mile and a half or two miles from campus, and I'm sure right. a lot of them were on their phones checking with their friends, make sure they were okay. Um, they were they were never in it, and so it was just kind of a you know, Steve Lavin said, you know, it's a rock fight. And I said, well, that's an insult to rock fights because it was really that ugly a game. Yeah. Well, I can't tell because they didn't play very well. Colorado didn't play well at all. Um, but they are one of those teams, I'll say this, they, they're they a little bit like Oregon. All the guys are really long, and, and all of them just can run like crazy, and they play great defense. And for the most part, most of them can shoot, and they got a really good shooting performance out of their junior in that game, uh, career high by far, you know, and – so if they can shoot, they can play with anybody. And I didn't have Oregon because of the no contest with VCU, and that was going to be the third game of my day that day. And so from you know, I felt really bad for the kids from VCU. Um, and, and but I wished I could have seen Oregon in person because when I did watch them play then on TV, I kind of thought you know they've been off since like March 10th or something, and I thought maybe they'll be rusty, maybe they won't look that good, all that kind of stuff. They were. They were one of the most fun teams to watch. Now, they only had to play once to get where they are. I get it. Right. But, um, those two teams are, are two teams that have a bunch of guys 
that are about 6'6 six, six to 6'8 six, and can just fly. Now, Florida State does have a big guy, seven-footer, but you know he opens, he starts the game, but he's not a factor, really. So those two kind of teams, they play full-court defense, and they run like crazy, and if you turn it over, they're going the other way faster than you can get back to cover and get to the basket. So that's, that's what I think of those two teams. Yeah, um, and then the, the other part of the tragedy is you talk about Colorado, which you're absolutely right. They had to have been thinking about all of this because the news was breaking so fast. And it turned out you had Oscar Freyer's last game at Grand Canyon. Ironically, I had the second game of his career here. I mean, it's it's really? awful really? to hear a story like oh, that. I had, I had the second game of his career, which was his first ever double-figure game. You ended up with his last game, which is just so tragic. It was. I, 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 we, my wife and I just got done going for a walk, and when you said that, the hair on my arm just kind of came up because I was thinking about it myself, but I hadn't told her. And I said, hey, you know, one of the kids of the game I did, I said, you remember the Grand Canyon game? And she said, that's the one with the crazy fans in purple and white. And I said, yeah. You know, that's how she judges things. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. and I said, I said one of the kids that, um, you know, had in that game that was a starter, and I probably called his name 25 times between assists, rebounds, points, whatever. I said he died in a car accident. And uh, she was, like, just shaking, you know. She's like, oh, yeah. man, you know, she's she said, you know, you get to see these kids and, and whatever, and then two or three days later they're not around anymore. And he had just written, you know, a great Twitter or whatever to the fans that, you know, his heart will ever forever be purple, and, and thanks to Grand Canyon and, and everybody in the Arizona area for five great years. I mean, that kind of kid, you know, not that not that any kid that you lose isn't something, but, you know, he seemed like a pretty special guy and, and uh, played a really good game. And, and then to lose – lose his life and his, I think it was his sister and somebody else was with him just off yes. so yeah I mean it was uh, I had to deal with the, the Colorado thing before we even tipped off which is hard to do and, and you know this kind of stuff it's not easy when you're play by play guy stupid play by play guy put it that way I'm talking about you not me no I'm kidding uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no when all you're planning on doing you know you've studied for a week yep. these teams and all you're planning on doing is calling ball and all of a sudden you have to come on and tell folks Oh, you know, there's been a shooting in Colorado. I mean, yeah. I'm not a news guy. I'm, I'm not Dan Rather or something, you know, like when no. he used to have to break in during the Iraqi war and all that. So to start one game that way and then to end my week with, you know, Oscar Frere passing away kind of yeah. takes the fun out of the whole deal. That's for darn yeah. sure. Uh, on the fun part, though, how fun was it watch the Eastern Washington brothers play? I mean, that, <laughs> that was a blast. Was... <laughs> you know, one guy looks like uh, – uh, Napoleon Dynamite and the other guy, yes. the truck team. I just made mention that he looked like a shorter Bill Walton, and within five minutes, the guys in the truck had a, a comparison of the two next to each other with the red hair, the beard, and the headband, and everything. I mean, he doesn't look like he's going to be able to play. Neither one of them. You know, they just don't give you that impression like, wow, these guys are real players. And they were awesome. I think they scored 58 or 59 between the two of them. And yeah, that would have been probably my highlight the Groves boys uh, just going off. Uh, even though they lost the game, they gave us some thrills anyway. Yeah, they sure did. Um, and they played Kansas in that game, and they gave Kansas a run for a long time. I don't know how much Zoom time you had with coaches. If you did, you know, you talked to Leonard Hamilton of Florida State, Bill Self at Kansas. What did the stops and starts of COVID mean to their organization, their season, how their players bounce back? Did they ever give you a read on that? Yeah, it just raised havoc on everybody we talked to. Uh, Dana Altman, uh, just about every coach we talked to, 
Ram McCaffrey. Um, yeah, we did we did that with everybody, and you know it was kind of like my opening question. I'm like, you know, we just talk small talk for a while, and then go, okay, let's start. And then I go, all right, coach. Like what I used to have to say to football coaches is, who's hurt? And I I, I said, you know, who who has tested positive, or do you have you know all that kind of stuff? So that became kind of the opening salvo with every coach we talked to and, and then you went from there and the, I mean it was just unbelievable all those teams um, you know just had to put pieces back together and then if you lose a player to injury to real injury not to COVID to a real injury right. then you're starting all over again it's almost like you're starting back in October and you go okay I've got to change the game plan and you know Bill Self was behind the eight ball to start with because he didn't have you know McCormick did show up on, on Friday and played but he didn't have two other guys, one that would have been a starter and would have, one that would have seen significant minutes. So he never had a full boat of players. And, you know, Bill's pretty cool when you talk to him. And he's like, yes, he, he is. said, hey, he, he's, he's like, Ness, you know what? We weren't that good when we had everybody. <laughs> I love coaches. <laughs> really, He's like, you know, we had, I mean, you know, we did pretty good in our conference. Baylor was the cream of our conference and we actually beat him. But he said, we were losing games and losing confidence. They got up to third in the country. You know, they were eight and one. And then they lost six of their next ten, and they just almost tanked. And he said, I, I was scared I lost the team, and I, I don't ever worry about that. But he said, COVID kicked everybody's butt so bad that I didn't know if I could get the kids back. And then I think it was a home game against Texas Tech. He said, we, you know, batting down the hatches on defense, and our defense became offense, and we kind of got a swagger back. And then from that point on, you know, they won seven of eight before, um, you know, they had to bail out of the, the uh, conference tournament because of the positive test. But Everything was a roller coaster. I mean, it, it, that's whoever comes out of this, kind of like we said during football season, you know, some people would say, well, it's a different year. Nobody played the equal amount of games in football, and so will it be a real national champion? And, and I was kind of the opposite. I was like, if you can get through this BS, um, yep. you should be a champion. And, and the same thing with basketball, man. You come through all this crap, and you make the Sweet 16, final, lead eight, final four, win the thing. <laughs> you're, you're a really good yeah. team. And you have a really good coach because a lot of it is mental and a lot of it is, um, you know, not being able to practice and being able to keep your team afloat and, 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 you know, keep them invested and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Mark Pugh and some of these guys that, well, they got a perfect record. I don't know if they can keep a perfect record. They're really good. But they've done a hell of a job. All the coaches that got to the tourney, and I, Fran McCaffrey said it best. You know, we're talking about this team, that team. He's like, hey, man. If you're in the field, you're a good team. And if yeah. you're in the field, you can beat somebody because it's not a best-of-seven series. You just go out and you put two good halves together and you can upset somebody. And we're finding that out tomorrow, Roberts, Loyola, Chicago, uh, the whole Pac-12 for the most part. I mean, mm. talk about being underseeded. My gosh. Uh, yeah. So it's been interesting, but it's been disjointed. And it, it's been hard on uh, the coaches, the players, and everybody involved. Finally, what were the protocols for for you and the crew? Well, I didn't see them much. Um, you know, we were pretty much locked down in our rooms. We had to, you know, do the same kind of thing, get food delivered. Um, uh, we had tests every three days. Uh, we had to test before we left and test as soon as we got there. And then you're on a three-day interval. So I tested three times in the past week and a half or something like that. I got my first shot yesterday. I'm pretty excited, man. There you go. <laughs> I found, Good. I finally found an appointment. But uh, yeah, it was strange. We didn't have our normal, didn't have our normal meetings. Uh, you know, in between games, everything was on Zoom, and you know, saw my producer like twice and gave him a fist bump in the parking lot. It, it's just, 
pretty strange. But, you know, like uh, when we had our seminar, Raph asked the bosses, he said, uh, he said, what about whining and dining? And somebody <laughs> said, somebody said, Raph's not worried so much about the dining. He's worried about the whining. So Indy's a, you know, Indy's a great place to go out and they have some great oh, places yeah. and you can walk, you can walk everywhere. And I'm yep. sure some of the fans partook in that, but I didn't see the inside of a bar or a restaurant the whole time mm-hmm. I was there. So uh, that's why happy hour is now coming up in an hour and 10 minutes. I was just about to close that way. You stole my clothes. I was going to say yes, and we're now an hour and ten away from closing time. <laughs> we're on the same page. <laughs> Thank you, my friend, so much. Always a pleasure. Good to talk to you, buddy. Have a good rest of the uh, tournament. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Brad Nessler. Kim Jones in the next half hour. Looking forward to talking with you. Dave Cicchini will finally uh, join us uh, on Monday. As a matter of fact. That was a pretty good raftery right there. <laughs> oh, his raftery was his rap was great. But I was I was exactly how I was gonna close this segment. We're now an hour and ten minutes away from half. There you go. He jumped this we're thinking the same way. Yeah, he's one of the greatest guys on the planet. He's the man. He really is. He's one of the greatest guys on the planet, I'm telling you. He's a great announcer, he was just a great guy. All right. We'll come back more in a moment. Great to have you with us today. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, the aforementioned on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The beverage supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice cold 12 packs and dozens of 24 ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So, whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury wants to see you and thank you for your years of patronage. Eagles made a huge trade today where they moved from the 6th pick to the 12th pick. Um, And they get an extra pick next year out of it, which gives them three first-round picks next year. Which gives them all sorts of flexibility as to whether they want to keep it or trade with it. They'll probably have the first overall pick in the draft anyway, but I mean, that's just joking. You know what? You could be right. I'm bracing for it. Let's just say that. Are you this negative about life at home? <laughs> I promise I'm not. You're always bracing for the worst. When I've been a lifelong Eagle fan, that's what we're almost trained to do. Look, you've been... You've had some good good moments. Oh, yeah. I mean, 2017, and there's been others, of course, but there's been a lot of these times, too. You get so wound up. <laughs> Worry about you. All right. Just want you to be able to go home and enjoy life. Um, Shaka Smart, by the way, um, close to a deal now with Marquette. 
Six years at Texas. He went to the tournament three times. Never won a tournament game, though, along the way. Um, let's see here. Five finalists for the Wooden Award. Cade Cunningham, Iowa DeSumo, Luca Garza. Um, whoops, this one there. Looks like uh, Kispert. Corey Kispert and Gonzaga and Jared Butler of Baylor. Hmm. Looks that looks very familiar. Hmm. Kofi Coburn, Hunter Dickinson, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Drew Timmy. Or second team. It looks all very familiar. <laughs> Was that your ballot? I'm not gonna I'm not allowed to disclose what my ballot is. I'm not allowed. I, you know, I have a, I have a vote. That's right. I forgot. Fact, I'm sorry. I have a vote, and I think I've had a vote now for 38 years. I've had a wooden ballot. So yeah, it's interesting. I think it's just be the timing as to when I got into it. Um, it was in its infancy. I got into it early, like '83, something like that. Was my first year voting, and. So I think you end up being grandfathered because, like for example, I can't have a Heisman ballot because I am paid by the university to broadcast the games. Well, I was back then with the wooden ballot, but I think they were just they wanted people to vote, so I got it. So I, I've kept it. That's why I have a wooden ballot, not a Heisman ballot. <sighs> You have a Razzie ballot. That really bothers me. Okay. Who votes for the Razzies? Well, Macatrillo does. Hey, don't forget on the after show, uh, which I think is at 2.15 uh, in the morning. That's um, right. Thoughts on life with the suit. Boy, if that doesn't scream, must listen radio, nothing does. <laughs> I grew up in a small town, and I have kind of small town values that I bring to the big city of Danville. It's, it's kind of a sad opening. Kim Jones next half hour, the King final half hour. Do we know what games we're picking here? Are we picking what the Sweet Sixteen games? We'll pick all Sweet Sixteen on Saturday and Sunday. That's what I've written down at least. Sounds great. Look forward to it. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, where I can tell Brad now it's one hour to happy hour. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
DSMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? DSMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 